Welcome to All Road 65 Max Radio, where the road ahead gets brighter as we journey toward truth, traveling through our dreams and inspiration into a new reality. It's time, and your ticket is waiting. All aboard All Roads Lead 65 Max with Pamela Henderson. Greetings. Thank you for joining me on BBS Radio, All Road 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. My focus is my mission statement, to help create a quality of life through social growth, inspiring jewels to become leaders by establishing partnerships with corporations, nonprofits, donors, sponsors, volunteers, the community, and abroad. My special guest today is Dr. Carlos D. Lajas. He is a triple board certified anthologist, renegative, regenerative, I'm sorry, medicine and pain management doctor. He earned his medical degree at Universidad del Norte in Colombia, where he was raised and completed his graduate training at the University of Miami, Jackson Memorial Hospital a notable achievement for Dr. De La Haas, appeared early in his career while serving as the Director of Acute Pain and Regional Anesthesia in Texas, where he had played an important role in developing protocols to reduce opiate usage. At last, thank you for this interview chance, Dr. De La Haas, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you so much for the opportunity and greetings to all your audience. Thank you so much. Now, I have to admit, I got your the last name. I probably stated it <laughs> incorrectly here, so I do apologize for that. So it is Dr. Haas or Dr. Haas? Yeah, you can call me Dr. Haas. It's De La Haas in Spanish, but uh, you can you can call me Haas. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. So I'm going to get right to it. So tell me, because I had read about you, doctor, and I, I was, I am so inspired um, of you. But tell us, what inspired you to become who you are today? That's a great question. Um, I'm a third generation doctor, uh, and after seeing my grandfather and my father uh, work uh, as doctors and help the community, I got inspired. And, I wanted to follow the mission of my family, which was helping people, healing, and really focus on healing. That's the reason, you know, since an early age, I uh, was fully committed to becoming a doctor. And uh, I continue to this day to love uh, my profession. And uh, it brings so much joy to me when uh, I'm able to heal patients, uh, especially in the field of regenerative medicine and pain management. Wow. Doctor, you stated reading uh, from your information on the website. What if you told us there was a way to heal your body without surgery? Please elaborate about that because I'm yes. looking for <laughs> so, so, Yeah, so, so this is very interesting because the body has much more capacity to heal than many of us think. Um, and that's how regenerative medicine as a field, as a new field or as a novel field of medicine has emerged. Uh, 
we felt that there was, and many patients feel that there's a gap between poison shots and surgery, and the bridge to that gap is regenerative medicine. Regenerative medicine is fundamentally a modern-day method of enhancing the human capabilities of healing, of inducing healing. And we do this by different methods. A lot of people might have heard about platelet-rich plasma or PRP. The other other is use of stem cells. Uh, Obviously, we we want to not only treat symptoms, we want to treat a patient. And we use a multidisciplinary approach. A lot of factors come into play when we're trying to rehabilitate patients and uh, mitigate pain. Some of those factors are nutrition, exercise activity, strength, um, mental health. So incorporating all this is the focus of our practice, and we felt that there was a much-needed uh, approach uh, or, or changing approach, and that's the reason we decided to do what we do right now at the Neo Medicine Institute. Wow. So tell me, what do you consider to be the greatest strength and weaknesses in the regenerative medicine and pain management? Yes, Pamela. So, so the greatest strength is the capacity that we have right now to prevent many surgeries um, and to give patients a less invasive treatment. Uh, some of the injuries and, and treatments that we're seeing right now are control of arthritis, which is a major problem uh, since we're living longer and joints are, are, are needing uh, treatments to help decrease the degeneration. The other injuries that we treat with a lot of success are sports-related injuries, tendinitis, rotator cuff tears, muscle tears, ligament tears. So anything in joint muscles, uh, ligament tendons, uh, we can treat and we can prevent surgeries. And many times we achieve that, and if not, at least we have the option now to use all these resources before we commit to doing a surgery, which carries its own risk, and a lot of times does not solve the issue as well. Uh, that, that's what I would think is the strength. Now, uh, we still have a lot, a long road to discover all the capabilities and we still have to find a lot of, uh, information re- related to regenerative medicine and how this treatment works. Um, we have to standardize a lot of protocols and that's what we're working towards right now, generating all these studies and data. And publishing all these results so we can have a consensus on how these treatments should, should be done um, to help the, mayor, the, 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 the most people uh, possible. So I would, I would think that those are the two, thing, two major things uh, related to regenerative medicine at this point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. So tell me, in my perspective, Mental health counselors provide emotional counseling and guidance to individuals suffering from mental and behavioral disorders. My focus through my foundation is stipulated, and that is to have group focus meetings as part of their scheduled program. Because I believe when you are open to discuss the behavioral habits that you inflict on yourself, you are able to recognize and take responsibility that is needed as you move forward towards a healing process. What is your input or your opinion to help me 
to establish a better way to reach at-risk youth because I empower girls who have behavioral problems. Yes, uh, well, we, we pay a lot of focus and attention to, to, to mental health. Uh, we feel that it's, 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 a main, it's, a, it's a main cause of uh, one, chronic pain, and also chronic pain is linked to mental health issues. Um, one of the things is realizing that uh, many of us have traumas, and we need to talk to, to somebody. We need to have therapy, and we need to talk to somebody about these traumas. Um, we shouldn't focus so much on the symptoms. And when I say this is the symptom is depression, anxiety, PTSD, et cetera. And we need to focus more on the root of these problems and why these traumas are happening and how can we help uh, the youth uh, to deal with these traumas and these problems that uh, are generating so many issues in our society right now. Um, we uh, actually have a service uh, that uh, focuses on mental health. Uh, we have a doctor in psychology that practices cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, and we believe in healing uh, with these practices along with other uh, infusions that we're using, uh, which are called ketamine infusions, um, which is a, a medication that is an FDA medication that we have been using uh, for over 50 years. And uh, we recently um, was, were able to approve it for uh, treatment-resistant depression, anxiety, PTSD, and mental health conditions. Uh, and by integrating all these, we are finding a lot of benefits and we're preventing patients from uh, being placed on antidepressants or giving them options instead of being on medications and truly inducing healing by addressing the cause and the root of the problem. I do agree. I absolutely agree. You know, I was reading also on some of your information, which I am very intrigued of knowing. So tell me about the wellness of the anti-aging, because I am in my 50s. And even though I still still look good, uh, you know, I want to make sure naturally I can continue to um, stay beautiful, live healthy in wellness. Of course, of course. This is a very exciting topic, and I think everybody's interested. Nobody wants to, to age, or we want to, we want to slow it, slow it down as much as possible. Uh, the, the, the good thing is that now we have so much information, uh, and, and tips and, and, and ways of decreasing the progression of aging. And we have found that if we treat aging as a disease, and we can prevent this disease from progressing, then we are going to have more success at aging uh, gracefully as well as uh, to decreasing the impact of aging. Um, I think it's a myth that with age comes disease, not necessarily. If, again, if we live a life uh, where we are taking care of ourselves, and by that I mean there's certain, there's three pillars to anti-aging, and I'm going to tell this to everybody. I think it's very important. Very simple. It's good sleep, good nutrition, and exercise. If we focus on those three pillars, we are on our way to having better health span, which is living good, healthy years. And that's what we want. We don't necessarily want to live a long life, but we want to have a good quality life. And by focusing on these three uh, pillars, we're going to achieve that. Now, there's all the things that we now know uh, that impact uh, uh, 
uh, aging, and one is caloric restriction. There's been a big uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, current of people following intermittent fasting, and uh, the basics and the logic is, is of that is that when you decrease calories, your body has the capacity to repair errors, and that makes you less prone to cancers and all the diseases. So caloric restriction is one of the things that we advocate to our patients, as well as uh, high-intensity interval training and uh, also cold exposure. So for those that live in cold weather, that exposure to cold is actually protective and anti-aging. So that, those are some of the tips that I, can, that I can share with you, things that we do here and we also encourage our patients to do. Oh, that's... That's wonderful. So I got to take a look at that because that's totally important to me. And I know with other women who are trying not to go into surgery, and I know I'm doing very good for myself because I haven't had no surgeries and I am into mental health. I love yoga. I love jogging. And I just haven't got together yet far as am I a vegan or a pescatarian? So I, I think <laughs> I'm asking myself the same question and I'm more focused on, you know, healthy proteins and uh, fish and, and, and seafood is actually one of the better proteins that we can, we can take. Uh, but that's just personal choice. I think both are very uh, beneficial, and as long as you have a balanced nutrition, you do an exercise at least you know, 30 minutes a day or three times, four times a week, and you're taking care of your mental health by doing activities that you like, things that you love, um, you're, you're on your right way to, to staying healthy. Yeah, that is true. I know that now I used to kickbox, but I come to find that doing yoga exercises have been more beneficial than any other exercise there is. Because to me, yoga not only helps you with your mental, but it also start with, you know, helping you to lose the fat and to gain, you know, more muscle naturally. So yoga it is. I am a, I am a yoga person. I, I love yoga. Of course, of course. I mean, I think we, you know, that's a great activity. And I think we all, what we have to ask ourselves is what makes us happy. We all have different activities that make us happy. For me, it's playing tennis, going to the gym, doing water sports. So we need to find those activities that really makes us happy, that helps us, you know, connect with ourselves and get in tune with ourselves. And I, I think that's, that's the most important thing. Um, all these activities are going to be beneficial at the end of the day. Uh, again, we just have to find what, what we like and what makes us feel alive and, and, and in tune with ourselves. Yeah, that is true. So, Doctor, you treat your patients using the integrative, and I know you probably have, you know, elaborated a little earlier, but I am going to ask again. Um, the integrative approach, which involves physical therapy and nutrition. Can you explain a little bit again about that, too? Yes, of course. Again, the main focus that we have here at the Neo Medicine Institute is to change life and really uh, heal our patients. And that involves a multidisciplinary, holistic approach, like you're saying, an integrative approach. So that's why we have not only myself, but we have 
uh, a group of uh, specialists and physicians and, 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 and practitioners that have this same mentality and the same focus. Um, let's talk about pain, for example. When you talk about pain, pain is very complex, and, and, and there's many factors that are involved uh, in the perception of pain. Uh, with this in mind, we have to attack the problem in, with dif in different angles and with different resources and tools. So we have to reach into our toolbox and find every possible uh, option that we have uh, available that is going to help our patients. Uh, patients that have an unbalanced nutrition, we know that this affects pain management and pain levels and perception. And mental health, we know that the number one comorbidity or disease associated or condition associated with uh, chronic pain is depression. And the second one is anxiety. And these these two conditions feed themselves. Pain causes more depression and anxiety, and anxiety and depression actually lead to chronic pain because of an imbalance in neurotransmitters. So we have to make sure that the patient get the right treatment. We're not only trying to treat the symptom, which is pain, but we're trying to heal the patient. Again, we have to focus on the nutrition. We have to focus on physical activity. Why? Because a strong body doesn't hurt. So we have to fix all these imbalances. And they come from different from different places. Um, we believe that we need to treat patients as a whole. We cannot separate the human, the, the, the person itself, from the symptom. Um, and in medicine, unfortunately, there's those that are in medicine to treat symptoms, and there's others that are in medicine to change life uh, and 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 also inspire people to be better. You know? And and we believe in this in, in this uh, approach. So you do believe that, like, with nutrition, it it is part of a person's, like, like when you're depressed. Is it, like, the things that we eat that makes us more depressed and sad that if we change the diet, we can, you know, live a more healthier life? I believe that there's many factors that can that can influence depression, and nutrition is one of them. Uh, there's obviously past traumas, and we all have traumas that might cause certain symptoms in the future. Uh, nutrition, definitely having the right nutrition will affect the production of substances, uh, endorphins, and substances that make you feel good and enhance that state of wellness. If you have the wrong nutrition, you're not going to be able to produce these substances. So yes, nutrition has a very important factor. Also, the most natural antidepressant and the best antidepressant is exercise. When you exercise, your body produces endorphins, encephalicins, these substances that make you feel euphoric, that make you feel happy. So the best the best antidepressant there is is exercise. And also sun exposure. Exposing you said being outside on the sun for five to ten minutes, that also helps you produce more neurotransmitters and uh, also enhances well-being. So little things like these, if we do all these things uh, on a daily basis, they're going to have an impact. Obviously, having the right therapies and having the right person to talk about these traumas uh, also has uh, has a major part. So we cannot take that away. Um, I think that is a multidisciplinary approach, and we have to address it that way. Um, I don't think that giving patients only medications is the solution. And this is what traditional medicine has been focusing on with 
not much success. And there's many out there that are looking for alternatives and actually ways that they can heal. Okay, that's good to know. Well, I do take in consideration that I had to change my diet totally because, you know, like I love chocolate and I used to drink like I loved wine. But yeah, as you know, right? Like we all do. <laughs> but moderation is the key, right? Um, right? At the end of the day, we have to, we have to be conscious about what we're eating and what we, uh, what we're having, um, on a daily basis. And if we, if we apply moderation to everything, we should be fine. I mean, I don't believe in restrictive diets. I think that we need to find a diet that works for us and gets us the results that we need. Um, and that is, you know, obviously having balance. Yeah, that is true. Well, you know, that is correct. But also, as you know, when we, uh, start getting older, regardless of what we do like in, in, and it can, it has to be in a moderation. It is still certain things that we have to give up. Now, I didn't have to give up my chocolate. I just had to go to a more dark chocolate. But exactly. <laughs> I, I'm on that same process of dark chocolate, which I enjoy and I love. It's much, much more, more healthier. And it actually has a lot of benefits in mental health. It, it helps you produce certain neurotransmitters and, and you release uh, some feel good uh, substances. So, so that it, there's a lot of benefits in, in, in dark chocolate. Yeah. But the wine now I did have to give up because I, I had this, what they call, I, I think the disease was called like a gastric itis. So mm-hmm. it, my stomach just totally stayed upset and, and yes. everything and I figured it out. But when I went to the doctor and they des- described you these pills and everything, and I only took a couple of pills and that just didn't help. So I started researching and I start really trying to understand some of the home remedies. And when I changed my diet and I, I, I had already had given up like um, beef, pork, I don't eat that. I was only eating a little turkey and chicken, but I had to give up turkey as well. And I only eat a little bit of chicken. And I drink a lot of lemon and water with everything that I do. It's just like a soda to me. And I'm back healthy. I feel so good now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's great. That's wonderful. One thing that we forget a lot of times is to listen to ourselves. Our body is telling us a lot of information and a lot of times we neglect it. We forget to listen to ourselves. Uh, what you're explaining is you were having gastritis, which is an inflammation of the lining of the stomach. A lot of foods can cause that. So the first thing that you have to do is modify your diet. Find what, which foods are causing this inflammation, this irritation, modify it and see the response. That's a natural way to do it. Uh, you know, the simplistic way would be to go and take those pills that they told you and not make any changes. When you know that something is causing this reaction in your body, and uh, you need to address it. So, so, so uh, uh, when you change and you do these lifestyle modifications, you're going to find that it's a more uh, sustainable and more long-term uh, result and also a benefit for you. Yeah, that is true. 
So we're coming up with time, but I do want to ask you, doctor, how can someone contact you and your services? Yes. So anybody that is interested in knowing more about us can go to Neo Medicine Institute. That's N-E-O MedicineInstitute.com. That's our website. We have all our services there. We're located in South Florida. Um, we specialize in regenerative medicine. We are also home of one of only four adult stem cell banks in the United States. And right now we have the capacity of storing stem cells, um, which is very exciting. And these cells can be used in the future. And uh, every day new technologies and new treatments are uh, uh, being discovered. Uh, and uh, stem cells is one of the ways uh, where we can prevent uh, aging and also degeneration uh, of tissues. So we are very excited to be part of this movement. Um, they can also find us on Instagram uh, and, uh, and other uh, social media. Uh, the name is uh, the same, Neo Medicine Institute. Oh, that's great. I'm going to have to come visit you myself. Okay. So of course, I'm going <laughs> Yes, I am coming to South Florida. So is there anything else you would like to share before we go, doctor? Yes, I would like to tell you all this, that uh, it's very exciting times in medicine always to uh, to look for the physicians that make them feel important and appreciated, that are focused on healing and that they really care about, uh, about their treatments and uh, providing uh, good care. So that's what would be my last advice for, for, for your audience. Okay, that sounds good. You heard that, everyone. Doctor, it has been a pleasure having you on my show, and I do look forward to chatting further with you in the future here. Thank you again, and good luck on your endeavors. Thank you so much, Pamela. Thank you so much uh, to your audience, and uh, if any, anybody needs anything, they, they can reach out, and we hope to help as many patients as possible. Thank you so much. God bless. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. BBS Greetings and welcome back to BBS Radio, All Road 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. My next special guest is Julie Fitzgerald. She is a passionate and caring and share real stories of hope and inspiration. With a journalism degree from Ryerson University, she spent the past decade writing stories about change makers and overcomers for various national and international publications and news outlets. She is the author of the best-selling book, Rise, The Jessica Phoenix Story, a page-turning sports biography that's inspiring people of all ages to overcome life's challenges using determination, perseverance, and courage. The success of Rise spawned a national motivational speaking tour, spreading the universal message of overcoming obstacles to schools, corporations, and special interest groups. Julie's latest book, Faith to Rise, A Journey to Joy and Centering, started out as weekly radio and YouTube series 
It now reaches people across platforms throughout Canada and the U.S. with inspirational messages of encouragement through all of life seasons. At last, I want to thank you for this interview, Chance Julie, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to chat with you today. Yes, ma'am. So how are you doing and how is life treating you? I'm doing very well. Life is treating me well. Uh, things are getting busy here again. I feel like everything was quite calm for a while there during the pandemic, but now our schedules are ramping up and I have two teenage boys, so they're preparing for summer vacation. So we're just getting ready to make some plans for that. Yeah, we definitely need that, don't we? I tell you. That's for sure. Oh, yes. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, after, you know, going through this COVID, and I'm very proud of everyone because we're still trying to remain focused and move on with our lives through this COVID. And it is very important that we still be aware, though. I noticed that when I'm out and about, it's a lot of people still wearing their mask. So people are being you know, a little cautious. Yeah, I think everybody's at different levels of comfort coming out of this pandemic. And I think it's important that, you know, we're caring and compassionate with people, whatever stage they're at coming out of it, because we all experienced it differently. So it's definitely been quite a wild ride the last two years. And it's nice to see things slowly but surely coming back to a new normal, I guess. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So do you wear a mask out and about? Uh, so we do, we no longer have to wear masks here in Ontario. Um, so I have, I've actually had COVID a couple of times and I've had a number of vaccines. Uh, so I don't wear the mask anymore. No. No. So do you recommend, cause there, we have what, a third and fourth uh, booster that we can, we can get. Do you right. think it's, is it necessary? Because if you're still catching COVID and you're able to, you know, deal with having COVID and cure it yourself, is it really necessary to get a booster? What are your thoughts well, about that? I mean, I'm not really a medical professional, so I don't want to say, um, really definitively on that topic, but I think it's just a personal choice, right? It's just, it depends on what health issues maybe you're facing or uh, your family's facing. So I think it's a personal choice and we just have to be respectful and compassionate with people with wherever they're at. And that is true. That is how I feel. I mean, I don't wear a mask when I, you know, go out and about unless I'm in really crowded areas. Right. Yeah. Because COVID is still rampant, so we do have to be cautious. Yes, I would agree with that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So moving right along, I am going to get right into it. You love to inspire others to journey towards joy and centering by sharing your new book, Faith to Rise. Tell me a little bit about that book. 
Yeah, so this book came about during the pandemic, actually, um, prior to any vaccines being developed and available. So it was still a time, especially where we are here in Ontario, we had a lot of lockdowns where our kids were having to do school from home and everybody was working from home. So it was really a time of uncertainty and there was a lot of fear and anxiety um, in the community around us, in our own household. Nobody really knew how this was going to play out. And I had the opportunity to write a series of radio devotionals to share with um, our local radio station here in our community in Ontario. And um, it was just a really amazing time to sit and think about ways and topics that I could talk about that would encourage people and just let them know they're not alone and that God sees them and that this is something we're going to overcome, we're going to persevere through it. And so that's where the radio series and YouTube series came from. Um, and it was received so well that we ended up taking the first 13 episodes and we did another 13 and we just kept going until we got to a year's worth of these weekly devotionals. And then we put them into the book, which is Faith to Rise. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, that's, that is beautiful. So Julie, give, give us some tips to working towards joy and centering. What is your input about that? So I think it's definitely a journey, which is why that's part of the title here, a journey to joy and centering. I think we're all on our own path. We're all experiencing different trials and tribulations within our lives. We're all at different um, stages of our lives. And I think it's important that um, we find daily practices that work for us to help us remain grounded, to connect to our spiritual source, um, just to really help us in whatever it is that we're doing each day. So uh, for me, it's definitely daily practices of walking in nature, of reading God's Word, of having some meditation time, some prayer time, um, and then focusing on the task that's in front of me. So I think all of those are really good ways to um, help yourself find that centering and find that joy each day. And another important thing that really helped me actually during that time of the pandemic was journaling. And so in this book, you will see after each weekly devotional, there's journaling prompts for the reader and there's a companion journal that comes with the book. And it gives the reader a chance to really connect the theme of that week to their own life and to write about what they're experiencing on that topic and just to go deeper and kind of get into the nitty gritty of what they're dealing with each week. Yeah, that was my next question to you. And that was about the benefits of journaling. So we can really utilize that yeah. in life, period, just because when we are going through challenges and obstacles, we can journal. And when we in our happy moments, we can journal. So that is what I had gathered from your message about a journaling. And I thank you so much for really um, giving us some pointers about that. And speaking, mm -hmm, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, journaling, it's just such 
an amazing way to release all of the thoughts and feelings that we carry with us each day. So like you said, whether they're happy feelings, you're going through a really joyful time, or you're experiencing something that's stressing you out or causing anxiety, it's such an amazing way to get that out on the page and lift it off of your shoulders. I think sometimes our minds get in a loop and we go over things and over things. And it's really neat how when you journal and you get that stuff out onto the page, that loop is broken and you can kind of move forward. So it's definitely a really beneficial practice that I would encourage everybody to uh, to take up men, women, whatever age you're at. It's a great way to do it. And sometimes just setting a timer and letting yourself write is a really good way to get started. So and that we can really consider that as a stress relief, right? So maybe that's something yeah. I can share with the girls because I mentor at-risk youth and girls whom have behavioral issues. And I think that journaling from reading about your message and the benefits of journaling would be great for them because that way you can also write it down and then you can discuss it if you yeah. want it. Well, yeah. So I think journaling is an incredible tool, especially for teenage girls. And I have to say, when I was a teenager, it was something that I did often. It was just like a natural reflex because nobody in my family told me to do that. And my family was very active, outdoorsy type people. But I would, if I had a problem, I'd be in my room journaling about it because it was just my release. And so I think especially in those years when we're in our youth and we're trying to figure out who we are and we're trying to overcome obstacles and things get pretty heavy during those years, journaling can be an incredible release. And whether you do it on your own and you don't show it to anybody or whether you do it in a small group and then you can kind of share what came up. You don't have to read your words specifically, but you can share things that came up in your journaling. Um, it's a great way to encourage one another. So it's definitely a really nice um, tool that we can use in our lives every day or weekly or as often as we need it. Yeah, that is true. So Julie, it is absolutely necessary, and I agree with you for even making this point when you had stated the importance of women supporting women. Tell me why you feel that is like an inspiration that you have, such as I, that women do not do enough of. Yes, I think women supporting women is absolutely crucial. Um, I, I really believe that every person has their own unique giftings and talents. And sometimes as girls, as teenagers, um, we can experience a lot of pressure with one another, um, a lot of pressure to fit in, to be like other people, um, and to not stand out in any way. And I really like to encourage girls and young women to to be their unique selves, to be their authentic selves. We're each created uniquely and um, we each have our own unique gifts and talents. And so uncovering those, that is a joyful part of life, figuring out what it is that we love to do, what it is we're passionate about, figuring that out and then developing it and sharing it with our community is so important. And so it, when you look at things that way, it takes away that rivalry of 
well, I want to get to this spot and I don't want anyone else to get up there. It takes that away because you immediately see you're connected with all the other women around you and supporting one another and living together in community is so important and it just adds depth and it adds layers to our enjoyment of life because when you're surrounded with a village of people and you're all helping one another to get to that next level to um, you know achieve goals to take those next steps when you're doing that together and mentoring one another and encouraging one another it is so much better when you get to that achievement because you've done it together so I think it's so important that women support other women yeah, that is true. That's the reason why I do what I do. And I am very passionate about girls of all ages, actually. Um, I, I do feel is very important. I myself, I always say I am a woman with a beautiful soul. And sometimes it can be, a, you know, majority of the time it's a good thing. And I wouldn't want to be anything different. But at times it has its its issues where, you know, because you could get, get totally taken advantage of. People don't people take kindness for weakness and, you know, or take advantage of a person whom, you know, love to see people smile and laugh and has the best interests of others. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I am learning. I think that is a really good point that you're making. And, you know, this idea of women supporting women, it's also standing up for one another, isn't it? So it's, you know, when you see an injustice happening, it's standing up for somebody. And I think that is just as important. Um, I really appreciate the work that you do, Pamela. I think it is so crucial because when we come around one another in community and we support one another at those basic levels, those basic needs, um, we're all able to build ourselves up, aren't we? And we can like kind of move on to the next step once our basic needs are met and we can do that together. We can make sure that we have the resources that we need to overcome whatever it is we're facing. Um, Then you can start to set goals and make plans for the future and dream and create. And uh, I think being in community and doing that together is just so important. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. I appreciate that. I was reading one of your tips and it had totally resonated with me, Julie. You had stated that connecting or reconnecting with God and scripture is very important. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? Yes. So my faith journey began uh, 12 years ago. And it was at a very uh, low point in my life um, where my husband and I had gone through some pretty big struggles and he uh, was recovering from alcoholism. And it was just a very scary time. Um, you know, we didn't know what would play out. And um, it was a time where God came into our lives and changed our circumstances. And it was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced. I didn't know God at the time. So why would he come in and change our circumstances like that? Uh, he removed my husband's addiction to alcohol and oh. it happened 
quickly. It happened very quickly. And it was quite shocking. And so I started looking more into who is this God of ours. And we joined a church. And the more I read and the more I delved into the Bible, the more I found these life truths that were just so applicable to every situation that we face, everything that we go through. It just, I never had a day where I opened the Bible and read something and thought, oh, that doesn't apply. Every single thing applied. Um, and I just thought, you know, this is power. Reading this and understanding God's truths just helps us to see situations more clearly. I think it gives us confidence to step away from things that are no longer good for us and to step into true um, health, true life, the things that God has planned for us. Um, so reading scripture, reconnecting, connecting with it on a daily basis, I think is just so important. I think it gets our perspective right, and it helps us to focus on what we need to focus on in the day, and it just empowers us to be who God intended us to be. Yeah, that is true. That is absolutely, that's how I had gotten through my challenges and obstacles too. I am the author of the Rather, let me say this, I am an award-winning author of the new book, A Journey of a Sapphire. And my book is about a girl who had overcame adversity and uncertainty on her journey towards success. And also on this journey, I had learned about how to recognize behavioral problems. And that is the key to moving forward. And so I hope to inspire others to never give up on their dreams and to recognize behavioral problems because that is the key. And that is the key to some of the toxic and negative thinking that some people can Uh, inflict on you and Mm -hmm. sometimes it will like damage you mentally where you will just give up about anything that you wanted to pursue. So that is totally important. I thank you so much. And scripture was one of the the main focus for me because I kept asking, you know, to help me, help me get over feeling so beat up. So um, what is the word that I'm trying to say? It was like taking in so much and, you know, it was like it was draining me. So I had to make some life changes for myself. Yeah, it's so important. And I'm so happy. First of all, congratulations on your book. I think the more stories that are out there that encourage people and are honest and authentic about the struggles that we have, right? And the different ways that we can uh, find the inspiration and the encouragement to overcome them. I think the more stories like that out there, the better, because life is difficult. And most of us know that uh, by this point. Um, but life is tricky. And it's not always mountaintops that we end up on. There's some pretty deep valleys and sometimes we are in out of our depths and we don't know how to get through. So uh, I I really believe in 
reading stories of hope and stories of encouragement, especially during those times, because that, I mean, we need one another to spur each other on and to, and to help us sometimes, to help us move forward. So the more stories like that, the better, that's for sure. Yeah, that is true. You are also the author of the best-selling book, Rise, the Jessica Phoenix story. Tell me about that book. Yes. So this is a book that I wrote about my sister, who's an Olympic equestrian uh, for Canada. So she has ridden in two Olympics. She's qualified for four. Um, and she is a Pan Am medalist. So the book, it was really important for me to tell her story because she has overcome so much adversity to get to where she is. Um, she we came not from very much money at all. Um, so her horses were ones that had retired off racetracks and she kind of got for like very, very low prices and she was able to uh, train them and go to the Olympics on them, which is quite mind boggling that, that somebody can do that in the first place. And then she experienced some really, um, really tough trials. One was a near fatal accident where she was a new mom. She had a three month old baby at the time and uh, she was out on course riding her horse and they went over a jump and something happened and the horse fell over the jump and landed on her on the other side. And uh, she was taken to hospital with critical injuries and transported. This was in New Jersey, transported to a New Jersey hospital. And they said she wouldn't, she might not ever get back on a horse again, but they said definitely she wouldn't be back on a horse in time to compete for the Toronto Pan Am Games, which were just eight weeks away. And she was the reigning gold medalist of the Pan Am Games uh, from the previous cycle. So she was, she refused to believe what the doctors were saying to her. And she just said, no, you don't know me. You don't know my body. You don't know what we're capable of. And I will be riding at those Pan Am Games. It was her absolute focus to get better for her babies. And because she also had a son at the time as well, who's a few years older. And uh she wanted to get better for her kids and to compete in the Toronto Pan Ams. And so we prayed. Everybody was praying for her recovery. She had punctured lungs, broken ribs, broken sacrum, which is the triangular bone at the base of her spine. Um, she had head trauma. There was just a lot going on there. And miraculously, after a lot of prayer and um, weeks of her being laid up in a hospital bed and after a few surgeries of screwing parts back together, um, the doctors did some rescans and they discovered that a lot of the trauma that had happened had healed and they couldn't explain it. And they said, we don't know how this has happened, but those injuries are healed and we're going to clear you to go back to riding. And she did compete at the Toronto Pan Am Games and she won silver, although it felt like gold to us. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, she it, her. I mean, I'm proud of her, you know, because it takes, especially when that's trauma there. But when you can get back up and you can just get back on that horse and you can just trolley on, shoot, she's strong. It was incredible to see. I mean, it was a miracle that happened in front of us. 
And it was just incredible to witness. And one of the most incredible parts of that story is when she actually came out to compete. Um, she does three-day eventing, which includes cross-country jumping. So they're galloping the horse across about a five-kilometer long track through a field, jumping obstacles that don't knock down. And I was standing out on the field. I couldn't even stand with my family because I was crying and I was just so emotional <laughs> about her being back in the saddle as her older sister, right? I'm very protective of her and I was nervous. I had all the emotions and she came out on course and she was so focused and I thought, oh my goodness, she's trying to win this and she just went jump after jump and then I ran to go to the next spot so I could see her come through the water and I turned around and there were about 200 other spectators running, doing the same thing to follow her on the course, which is really unusual. And that's when I realized so many people had been following her recovery and they were just cheering her on. A lot of people from South America were following it and it was such a thrilling day and uh, such a day of triumph. It's one I'll never forget, so... Very cool. Yeah. That is beautiful. Absolutely. I well, I know we're coming up for the hour, but I am. I want to say I am so grateful to you and honored that you have joined my show today. And I hope we can continue our conversation in the future as well. Julie, how can someone purchase your book? Your book. Yes. So. Uh, both of those books and the companion journal are available on Amazon. Um, if you uh, look up Rise the Jessica Phoenix Story or Faith to Rise on Amazon. And they're also available direct from the publisher at roar-group.com. Beautiful. And is there anything else, any pointers or any advice you would like to say before we go? It has really been a pleasure having you on the show. Well, I just want to thank you so much for having me on. I think it's such an important conversation uh, that we're having, and I really appreciate you making the space for it. And I just hope people continue to encourage one another and look at one another with compassion and love, because that's what life's about. Absolutely. Hey, man, to that. Well, readers... I have reached my destination. I am a award-winning author of the new book, A Journey of a Sapphire. I hope to inspire others who are, who are or who have gone through challenges and obstacles to never give up on their dreams and to learn how to recognize behavioral problems. You can purchase my book by visiting journeyofasapphire.com, also available on Amazon. Kindle Fire, and I leave you with this quote of the day. I hope, no, there I was, way off my ambitions, getting deeper in love every minute. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Thank you so much. Until next time, do have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to All Roads 65 Max Radio with Pamela Henderson. Join us every other week on Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on BBS Radio Station One. And please visit allroads65max.org.
and become a volunteer or sponsor and be the change you want to see in this world. With your help, we can make a difference in our society and uplift those who so desperately need our help. Thank you for tuning in.